Hey, man. What you reading in there? <laughs> you a college boy or something? Huh? I bet you think you're pretty smart, huh? Think you can outsmart a bullet? What do you say we find out, huh? I'm talking to you. What do you say? Huh? Huh? I'm talking to you! Drop it. That are alive, you are coming with me. Put down the gun. Clara, take David and get out of the way now. Raymond Sellers, you're under arrest for the attempted murder of a police officer. Are you here to cuff me? All right. Go ahead. Cuff me. You can't. You're not programmed that way. If you go against the program, the entire system shuts down. So You, you don't even have a warrant. We'll overlook this a little. Get down on the ground and put your hands behind your back. I'm just from marketing. No. Okay. Yep, 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 yep. Alex, we need to work together here. Because I'm the only one with the technology to keep you alive. Dead or alive, you're coming with me. another episode of Split the Difference. I'm your host, Jesse, and I'm joined today by Seth. Stoptimus Crime. <laughs> that right off up, the bat. That came right up last bat. night on uh, on our re- on our watch of the 2014 film, and we'll get to that. I also have Aaron with us. Officer Bluis. <laughs> and Brandon. I have no name. <laughs> I came up with that in like three seconds because oh sh- I was like oh shit Seth said something funny I need to come up with something funny and topical and that was the first thing that, that was, came to mind that, that was good off the cuff <laughs> oh Jesus uh, so if it hasn't uh, occurred to anybody exactly what we're talking about today <laughs> we are discussing <laughs> RoboCop uh, the original from 1987 directed by Paul Verhoeven Woo! and versus the 2014 remake directed by Jose Padilla Woo. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of how we all feel. Uh, this is a good companion piece with Dread because they're kind of about the same subject matter. Yeah, <laughs> they, yeah, they're very similar. Um, so it would be it's a good lead in uh, for just to discuss this. Um, should we so, should we do a split the difference episode about these two split the difference episodes? <laughs> oh my God. Yes, let's get. It's not Inception, damn it. We're, we're getting <laughs> metatextual, and we're just gonna fracture it down until it's mm-hmm. like at this weird meta moment where we start viewing ourselves within the Matrix. <laughs> yes. I yes. see the code. <laughs> I look forward to doing the reaction videos to the TikToks made of the sound bites made from our split the difference uh, <laughs> audio of the split the difference episode. Oh my God. Oh God. You're going to fall into two ca- 
You're going to fall into two camps, either the people that enjoy Split the Difference splitting itself and the people that just want the original show. Yes. And those that, they'll be at war forever. Exactly. And inevitably, like, Jesse is going to be on one side and I'm going to be on the other side and Seth and Brandon are going to be stuck in the middle. True. I'm um, in my own purgatory. It's fine. So anyway. This is meta. <laughs> I, I would like to, uh, at the top here, bring up, we recorded with um, Paresh and Nick last night a commentary, uh, right? Yes, is a commentary what? track last night for the 2014 remake of RoboCop. Uh, um, you can check that out on Patreon yes. after you listen to this. Yes. I desperately tried to assist. <laughs> yes. Discord I, I, would not see the microphone on my laptop, and I would not go upstairs, uh, is basically what happened. <laughs> I, I tried to call out your stuff every time I saw yes. it pop it up in the uh, chat. It was funny, because you you were saying every time uh, Jivenich Kinnamington Bull would, take, would smile in the movie, you would take a shot. You only yeah. took two shots. Yep. Yep. Uh, I thought it was going to be a more fun game. I would not have finished that movie if it weren't for the fact that I was in the Discord with you and I could not stop the movie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You we were, were all basically hostages. the only part that was entertaining about the movie at all. I was folding laundry and it was better than the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron's review, I'd rather be folding laundry. <laughs> I hate folding laundry. Yeah. It's my least favorite chore. But I'm like, well... <laughs> Which one do you guys want to talk about first? Let's talk about the good one first. Oh, yes, the good one. The original 1987 film directed by Paul Verhoeven, which is hailed as a a classic of cinema. It's widely revered as possibly one of the greatest action films ever made, one of the best films ever made. Highly influential, uh, still topical to this day, still referenced within pop culture. I mean, hell, I mean... Brandon, they just included the character in Mortal Kombat 11 mm. as a downloadable character. So and and voiced in, by Peter Weller. Exactly, yeah. the original RoboCop is is uh, still doing the voice of that. Um, it's it's still influential to this very day. Upon People rewatch, still meme it. Yeah, I'll exactly. buy that for a dollar. Yeah, the the memes are still prevalent. So yeah. good. So, Aaron, you just rewatched this like yes. literally five minutes ago. Yes. <laughs> I would happily watch any of the commercials from the original Robocop in two hour form <laughs> before I would watch Robocop the second iteration ever again. <laughs> and I mean any of those commercials. Literally any of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I want the Nukem board game. <laughs> that game yeah. looks so cool. And I'm like, yeah. why have they never done, like, why did, like, ThinkGeek or something like that when 80s became trendy again? Like, I, I I, don't think anybody's ever tried to sell that as merch. And that is a huge failing because that's, that like, that game looked cool as shit. There was a yeah. weird a weird uh, copyright issue that there was actually a company called Butler Brothers at the time. Meh. And they had oh. to actually pay for rights to use the name. But it's like, wow. it's, just, it, it's just a coincidence. <laughs> well, that's annoying. Hey, shit coincidence. But has it has the film held up for you otherwise? Uh, yes, the I really the only thing that didn't didn't hold up so much was just the the uh what is it? The Ed09, is that what the other one is Ed, called? Uh, Ed209. The stop Ed 209, motion. Yeah. Stop motion. 
Yeah, uh, you can very obviously tell that it's a model, but honestly, I would rather look at dated practical effects than dated CGI. I would rather look at something and be like, that is a model, than look at something and be like, that is some shit-ass CGI. So, you know, it was honestly kind of nostalgic more than, it didn't really throw me out of the movie as much as I had kind of feared that it would, but it held up really well. Does that also count uh, Ronnie Cox's Dalsim arms when he gets (laughs) shot out the window? <laughs> Holy balls! Oh man, yeah, that that, that, that model. So oh yeah. Like, yeah, let's make the arms longer than the legs. It's fine. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. but the melting, like the melting body Oof. face thing, I didn't expect that to be as ooh, and the blowing his hand <laughs> off. I didn't. I mean, because I've seen a ton of like slasher horror. I watch a lot of zombie flicks, so I was like, eh, whatever. This isn't gonna be that. I'm like, oh wow, that's that. That's actually not. It's kind of impressive how gory yeah. that is. I mean, when it feels more like something that actually could happen, you know, zombies. Yes. Yeah, your brain has sort of like that subconscious filter. But like, hey, people with shotguns cornering somebody and having fun blowing them to pieces, yeah. especially obviously in the the director's cut. Uh, yeah, it kind of like gets under your skin. You're like, Ugh. yeah, I did see the director's cut, and that scene is uh, wow. That scene is gratuitous, and I was like, wait, where the fuck did this scene come from? Mm-hmm. And then I yeah. looked, and I'm like, oh, director's cut, got yep. it. Uh, yeah. and, and if you yeah. actually think about it, that scene, I, I said last night that the scene where Murphy is violently executed, compare that to the scene where Kenny gets killed in the boardroom. They're the same scene, but the tone is different. It's so different. Yeah, it's like, but that's not funny. But yeah, but yeah it's it's horrifying. Yeah, it's like so this it shows that the original is still so good because it shifts tone, but it still feels appropriate within its universe. It's a weird anomaly. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it can change its tone very quickly, but it's appropriate for that world. Yeah. It can be like just over the top silly one second and then like that moment where he's just sitting under the bridge and he's taking the mask off and he's telling Lewis that he wants to be alone. That is so emotionally gripping. But mm. then at the same token, you're like, I'll buy that for a dollar. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yep. It's 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 great to see a movie that can do those type of tone shifts and can have both sides work and hold up well. Because normally I found that a lot of times in like comedy action flicks, like Die Hard's the exception to the rule where the jokes kind of stood up to, to the test of time. Most of the time the jokes get so corny and there were some parts like when he was talking to Lewis and he was like, you're really cool or something like that. I'm like, oh, God, that. I'm sure that he was supposed to come off as sounding cool, but that just sounds lame and dated. That's probably one of the only times that it found it felt lame. Yeah. yeah. I think I think the lameness was endearing to me, though. Just, uh-huh. I, the fact that he, as like a human being, really only has like three full scenes as like Peter Weller, like human cop. And he's just kind of like this goofy, like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like a cowboy and I... I genuinely kind of just enjoy being a cop i don't like he's so real that then the switch to robocop like the moment when he's trying to call for backup and then he just and he throws the the phone onto the dash where he's like oh man it's like, <laughs> he sounds like a fucking nerd it's like <laughs> yeah he doesn't he seems like he's just a normal normal guy yeah he just wants he's not to trying be a to be a tough guy yeah a good cop and uh, it's very endearing yeah yeah brandon what about you uh your rewatch of this uh, yeah, it's funny because uh, this past Christmas I uh, managed to snag the um, the Arrow Edition Steelbook for uh, a nice Black Friday sale, so I had that one nice. to jump onto. And yeah, it's definitely one of those ones where you do worry that 
it can be a product of its time. And obviously there are elements, the nightclub scene especially. I mean, if you ever want to <laughs> date your film fast, no matter what decade it is, have a nightclub scene. Even The yeah. Dark Knight had a nightclub scene. Truth. Which you tend to forget until you watch it again. It's like, oh yeah, I forgot about this 30 seconds. Uh, but yeah, same <laughs> thing with Robocop or even The Terminator, you know, tech noir. You're yeah. like, oh yeah, this this was the 80s, not whenever they don't tell you this takes place. Um but yeah, for the most part, it, it definitely still holds up very well. I mean, as mentioned earlier, the uh, the practical effects in regards to the the gore and the RoboCop suit itself, um, it's it's still pretty pretty strong. Even I would say more so than from what I've seen of the sequels. I, I've seen chunks of the sequels. I never actually I don't think I've actually sat through all of two or God help me three. Um, I, I, I would say <laughs> I would say two is worth watching. It's got some good stuff in it. It's got some good moments. It's kind of a mess, but it's it's a fun mess. Um, yeah, I think Mike Claus had described it perfectly at that. If the original is a well-greased machine, RoboCop 2 is a well-greased machine that's completely out of control. <laughs> because at the time, it was being wrong. made while a writer's strike was going on. So there they didn't have know. a finished that's, script. Frank Miller got brought in. Yeah, Frank Miller got brought in to write the script. And so it's his mentality slammed on top of RoboCop. And it's like, it's kind of a mess. And RoboCop 3, you don't need to bother with it. It's garbage. Yeah, what I'll say about the second one. It's funny because I completely forgot who actually directed the second one. Irving Kirshner. Kirshner. Yeah. Kirshner. yeah. Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Friggin' Empire Strikes Back. Like, wow, okay. <laughs> didn't, yeah. didn't no, see it was that his last film that he ever directed, and he became a, dire- a, uh, a teacher at USC after that. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, wow. he was just kind of like, yeah, I'm done. He was just, because they had yeah. such conflicts with the studio, they were like, yeah, I'm just done with this. That was a time when studios started to take more control of films. And uh, the original film was like they left the filmmakers to do whatever they wanted. The studio was kind of leaving them alone. But mm. after the 80s, once they got into the 90s, that's when studios really started to interfere. Especially when you start to have what they would assume would be a franchise. And to be fair, it kind of kind of is. I mean, it kind of is. It's not like, you know, horror film franchises that have like film after film after film after film. I mean, technically, we had a trilogy, a remake and awkward tv shows and tv movies yeah. something like i saw them on voodoo i'm like what the hell are these and i saw like clips from each one i was like oh this is this is bad these these look yeah. like really bad fan films that were on television Ugh. but no yeah. the original um, oh yeah nick just pointed out in the chat that there was a cartoon series i think it was all alpha squad where he, uh, yeah. he gets for he gets frozen and he ends up in the future yeah i think i think yeah. i actually had the action figure from that somewhere buried in my parents house but yeah. uh, but yeah the the original Robocop, though, it definitely holds up. It's not one of those ones where you're like, eh, well, you know, it could be updated. It's it's a little antiquated. It's like, no, it, it's very timely. I mean, this is why people still look at it fondly. Um, but yeah, that, that's about it. Yeah. I, I think th- the thing that shocked me, and I mean shocked me, uh, this is the 80s. And we're all pretty familiar with, like, best of the worst, you know, these kinds of movies um like or i guess what movies this led from and spawned off um there wasn't like any out of focus poorly lit ugly like this is a really good looking movie oh yeah it looks amazing Mm -hmm. still holds up looks great yeah that blew me i was waiting for it like i every single scene especially like in a warehouse or something like that i was just just waiting for it to be like oh where's the out of focus somebody getting thrown (laughs) with the camera you know where's the the poorly lit reaction shot i was looking for it and the fact that i couldn't find it made me just like oh shit this movie's like good good i mean there's there's (laughs) there's some mistakes in the film there's some things i've noticed over the years like 
the shot where Clarence Boddicker gets stabbed in the neck and he's like writhing around and blood shooting at his neck. If you look at the <laughs> background of the right hand of the frame, you'll see a crew member. Yeah. <laughs> there's Oops. that. There's the scene uh, at the, when the gas station blows up, you can see the grip truck in the background. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's little things like that. And there's, there's like one or two shots that are out of focus. And also when Clarence Boddicker gets thrown through the glass in the, in the uh, cocaine warehouse, which time, prim- the, uh, the second the first, one, I think. The second one. You know what I'm talking about. The primer cord goes off yep. before he hits the glass. It, yeah. It's in the trailer, too, which is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> the, yep. the trailer, hi, which, by, by the made. way, which, which by the way, in, in the very first trailer, I've talked about this before, I just yep. love the fact that Orion decided to reuse the Terminator theme. Yeah. <laughs> Even yeah. before Robocop versus Terminator existed. So yeah, it's right. almost like it prophesies that comic series and then the video game series. And then, of course, Mortal Kombat 11, which has both Robocop and Terminator. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they oddly... <laughs> Don't step on each other's toes, like filmmaking no. wise, either. No, no, no. They feel distinct. Yeah, yeah. That was shocking. I, I had one, like, I'm not normally the the like plot hole guy, um, and it, it leads from like a really good thing into a like, oh, huh, that's funny. Um, so the the scene at the end when uh, Clarence and the gang are hunting down RoboCop with those anti aircraft. Sniper rifles. Yeah, the, the Cobra Assault, which is actually a real gun. That's a 50 yeah. caliber Barrett, assault, Barrett uh, sniper rifle. It's an anti-tank gun. It's yeah. meant to penetrate <laughs> tank armor. And that is, there's nothing, not a single thing in the RoboCop remake that's nearly as cool as the shot of them with the van rolling down the alley, yeah. like, yoked up with those guns. <laughs> that's just the coolest shit. Mm-hmm. However... Then RoboCop takes one of those guns and just blows an Ed 209 away at the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah. And Don't they, worry, he's guarding the building. Boom. Yeah, so they were going to sell these to the military, but, like, that uh, that was my only, like, oh, yeah, that wouldn't have been... They didn't really quite think that one through the whole way, that maybe you don't need to bring Ed 209 back to get blown up at the end. I don't know. That was well, my... It's, it's <laughs> kind of... Because they build it up as being, like, the big kind of... Um, Films like this, you have three kinds of villains. This is pointed out in the Indiana Jones Plinkett Review. There's a main villain, a sub-villain, and the muscle. Main right. villain, Dick Jones. Sub-villain, Clarence Boddicker. The muscle, Ed 209. Right. You got to take care of that somehow. And it's a nice little gag at the end of the movie. Yeah. And also, it's I think it kind of calls back to how Dick Jones was like, oh, no, Ed, Ed's definitely the way to go. He, he's definitely, you know, the top yeah. line. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but between shooting the guy in the boardroom when he wasn't supposed to, falling down the stairs, and then the final explosion was like, <laughs> it was basically meant to be like a giant middle finger to the villain before Robocop yeah. kills and him also, at the end. And it, also, it's also, <laughs> so. it's, a, it's a satire upon, like, military technology and, like, like uh, at the time, like, products that were being marketed to the military like weapons yeah. that were delivered to vietnam like they spent all this money and all this time developing this massive weapon of, of destruction yet they forgot to think yep. about stairs right like <laughs> if you can if you get into a building it's like well you can't get me now what do you guys think is the best satirical element because there's a there's a lot of different kinds of satire happening in here oh, yeah. uh the 6000 sux the car that gets <laughs> 8.2 miles to the gallon <laughs> that's the best that almost like connects to the hostage situation earlier in the film too. It's like yeah. I want a car that that goes really fast and has really shitty gas mileage. <laughs> like who, who makes that demand? But I feel like that correlates to that car commercial. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, this is Reaganomics. This was a time frame in America where it was like buy more, get more shit, yeah, they own live. more. It's like you know we're kind of we kind of started out with that again in the Trump administration, and now it's all gone away because we're in quarantine at the moment. 
Yeah, and I had commented this in the group chat. I loved at the beginning that the uh, space station was called the Star Wars, I don't remember what it was. The Star, Star Wars, Wars Defense Platform, which was a program yeah. developed by the Reagan administration for mm. anti-missile, <laughs> is an anti-missile defense platform in case the Russians decided to attack us and the Cold War became a hot war. It was just, a real I, program. I, I think it's just hysterical looking back because most of the space stuff ever since has been Star Trek themed, uh, at least. So that just seemed to have persisted more. So it seems like it would have mm. persisted more in this. And so I'm like this, the RoboCop environment, that's the one where like Star Wars was the one that initially had a bunch of sequels early on. And Star Trek had like <laughs> a period where it, I don't know, I just make weird things in my head, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. I think so, for yeah, go for ahead. me uh, for me one of the best satirical elements is uh, the the beginning of the movie in the in the conference room. Dude gets blown the fuck away, yeah. and immediately Dick and the old guy just start talking like nothing yeah, happened. It's like nothing happened. <laughs> It yeah, was like that's how that's how useless human life is to them. They're like, yeah, yeah. So that was kind of fucked up. We're gonna lose yeah. money on this. God damn it. Yeah, and the second one in RoboCop Two at the end of the movie, um, after Kane has killed like fucking a hundred people at the end of the movie, uh, there's a scene where the old, they basically make the old man into a straight up villain in the second one. This one he's kind of like morally ambiguous. He's not really a bad guy. He's just kind of there. Yeah. Um, but in the second one, there's a scene at the very end where there's a dead body in the lobby of uh, OCP. He just steps over it and just keeps walking. Oof. That yeah. just feels realistic. That That is the most realistic feeling thing about yeah. this. is just businessmen just walking over the dead bodies that are, have lied in their wake. Yeah. It, it, it's there. Like I said, there's some good stuff in RoboCop 2. It's, it's kind of a mess. RoboCop disappears for like a half an hour. But it's overall, it's not a terrible movie. <laughs> yeah. But th- RoboCop 3, from from 3 on, it's, it's just all garbage. Yeah. RoboCop 2 is a perfect movie to watch for the film rescue show like it is one of those movies that has a lot of good comment concepts that is designed to provoke discussion to be thought about but it's not actually enjoyable it's like a maybe 30 percent enjoyable yeah it's very mean-spirited yeah seth add that to the chopping block for next season sure i think that's a really (laughs) solid idea yeah um so seth i love it when you do this could you do a plot breakdown for uh both these movies since that will lead (laughs) us into the 2014 film Oh, um, but hold on a uh, second. We, we for all the, co- yeah, for the new one, I think he needs to include the first part of that movie, everything before the credits, in his pot, plot synopsis. So, <laughs> I, <laughs> I I, I kind of don't want to do one for old RoboCop because, I mean, like, uh, yeah, we don't really need to do one for the because at this point, everyone has seen it, everyone knows it. It's a it's right. beloved. It's a classic. It's collectively agreed. It's a masterpiece. It. I mean, it got. Also, like to note, I'd like to make note that the um, the film earned an Academy Award for its sound design. Really? Yes, it earned an Oscar. Worth I, it? I, it was an Oscar win or Oscar nomination. I can't remember mm. which one it was, but um, it uh, it did receive multiple pieces of praise for the sound design. And I totally agree because it's it's the sound in that movie is just so goddamn good. Right? Yeah, it's it's amazing. Yeah. Hearing the real theme after the bastardized theme yesterday, yeah. it really made me even more angry about the bastardized theme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. One of my favorite things about the original, uh, opening shot, RoboCop title screen. <laughs> Just yes. straight yeah. to the fucking point, dude. Yep. It is In right there. Face. Yep. And that was originally that whole thing of that, like gliding over like the city of Detroit that was added in at the last second because they're like, yeah, the, we can't just start with a news broadcast. We got to start with something else. So they just added in some random B-roll footage. 
Oh, I do like that shot where they go from the news and then they show the picture of the bridge on the news monitor and then they like actually cut to the bridge. I thought that was really nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's simple, but it was nice. Yeah, yeah it's effective. Yeah. But uh, I, so go ahead and Seth, go ahead and do your breakdown of uh, since we're going to lead now from the, two, the 1987 film into the 2014 remake. Go ahead and do your plot breakdown. Okay. Opening on what could be B-roll from the spirit, Sam Jackson walks onto the TV show uh, to explain the state of the world and also, I guess, the laws that are being made in the background. This is all kind of unnecessary exposition. Yeah. We cut cut from there to a live-action Call of Duty sequence. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the new ones, the modern warfare ones, to be clear, yes. um, where we we see hints of what could be a very interesting film, and then we That's immediately most of the movie. <laughs> then we immediately cut away to just dreary drudging. <sighs> we get escape. It's okay. We, take your time. <laughs> so, Alex Murphy, Joel Kinnaman. The Jivenich Kinnamington Bull. The man's the bane of my existence, and it started with this movie. <laughs> he, he destroyed our Darkest Hour podcast. We, we couldn't even f- fix that one yeah. because of him. That was yeah. his fault, 100%. Yeah, to- totally his fault. Um, he walks into the police station to regale us with backstory that has nothing to do with anything, really. <laughs> That he's just telling to his police chief. And it's we, we just take a two-minute break to at the beginning of the movie. We're taking a break already to just go do the wire for a minute. <laughs> hey, don't don't insult the wire by saying that it's anywhere near as good as the wire. I, no, it, it was, we have to mention the wire because Michael Kenneth Williams is in this film. Omar yes. is in this fucking movie, and he's useless. Right. Oh. And it would have been a much better film to follow him. Yeah. He, Oh, yeah, I would very much have rather, rather preferred that. Um, anyways, we get so this this has nothing to do with anything besides the setup that he's an asshole and a cop. <laughs> Maybe there is satire in this. Um, anyways, he gets killed by Antoine Vallon in an act of revenge for, I guess, the stuff that we saw during the wire sequence. Um, so instead of maliciously being blown apart by shotguns, we have a one-second explosion, and that's the emotional crux of the film. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It was a wait. That's it. Yeah. That's it. He, he gets blown up, and that's it. <laughs> like no and they say that nothing. he has. They say he has what fourth-degree burns on his body, yeah. and I'm like, uh, I think it was Parase that pointed out in our commentary last night that fourth degree is like burned down to the bone. Mm-hmm. He doesn't look like that. <laughs> no, he barely no. looked toasty. Yeah, just like like second degree, like terrible sunburn, maybe. Anyways, he had a pot of water thrown into his face, like that Russian in the Punisher film from two thousand four. <laughs> right. So the the attempt to update the series is what pops in. We get Michael Keaton, uh, Jay Baruchel, uh, Jackie Earl Haley. Gary Oldman, they're basically trying to figure out how to they're trying to figure out how to humanize police op- no, let me try that again. They're trying to humanize police officers. I'm sorry. This is a weird time in the world for us to be talking about this. Yeah. Um 
but for everybody that's wondering, we just had a incident in Portland where federal agents were arresting people on the street for no reason and taking them to undisclosed locations in a very fascist Gestapo manner. Yes, yes this is a dark time in America. Anyway, so, when the podcast was escapism. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. We, we did pick RoboCop. Um, yeah, y'all did. <laughs> so they're trying to f- put a good face on policing. So they decide to stuff Joel Kinnaman into a robot body. And what do you know? That's not probably the best thing to do with somebody that legally died. And he kind of freaks out, and they're. They put in this like emotional subplot, which was way better than the original, where he's just like remembering who he is. Yeah. Instead, Remember he's remember who you are. They're like managing his hormones to make sure he doesn't have an emotional break. Um, in the meantime, they're gonna put him out on the street, and uh, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And in you could freak out at any moment, but we're gonna put him on the street. <laughs> yes, this is not a bad idea. Um. So there, they not a lot happens for a large chunk of that. We get to the public unveiling, which is like probably the only actual RoboCop scene in the whole thing. Yep. Yeah, where he like yep. he he stops a press conference to be like, "You're a criminal, stop!" and then runs after him. <laughs> Genuinely, might might be the only good scene in the movie. Um, I, I someone just, should throw him a Scooby it. snack. <laughs> I'd say the scene where he has his body parts pulled away and he's just a floating head. That's kind of yeah, that, that yeah, was yeah, 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 yeah. Agreed. Visu- yeah. Visually, very cool. It's, um, and you, it's you true, need like, a Gary. Yeah, that's like one of the, the best things that you should have had Gary Oldman in as well. So because yeah. you could tell that out of, out of pretty much all the actors, he and to an extent Michael Keaton, I, I feel like put in the most work. Yeah. yeah, they tried. Truth. They tried. They tried. Yeah. Ba- Batman, Commissioner Gordon of different universes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we pointed out last night is Batman talking to Commissioner Gordon. They and they have one whole scene, just these acting titans, just the two of them together, and it was yeah. like, goddamn, they're trying. This this could have been so great. So, yeah. anyways, he overrides his programming and finds out about the attempted murder on him, How and that he his son his programming stuff. Um. <laughs> Through sheer force of will? Uh, <laughs> Power of the human spirit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unexplained. Um, he finds out his Friendship son had PTSD, uh, and then he decides he's going to go uh, extract revenge um, They on, on Antoine Valen, not Clarence Boddicker, basically. Mm. Which, as a character, if you're going to have Red in, in your show... Or in your movie. That was a good choice. Anyways, so he's going to go extract revenge. He's going to go extract revenge. Damn, where am I going with this? I'm I, genuinely trying <laughs> it's just to... Like it, it is so, where am I going with this? It is so boring. Yeah, yeah, um, oh, God. It's basically what the writer said. I mean, right. yeah. so... Oh, oh, that's right. That's right. This is where the, the wire thing comes back in. Um, so apparently his partner and the other undercover cop betrayed him and they're the reason that he got blown up. Um, he also finds out the police chief was involved, even though she's been working with Omnicore. She just pops into Omnicore scenes randomly. Yeah. They, it's they like never the established that. It's almost like the movie had like a drop subplot. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it feels like. Um, so there also there's like legal stuff going on in the background, the Dreyfus act, they're trying to get vetoed. 
um, which is really unimportant to the plot. Um, so then we get to the finale, which is just CGI fuck fest. He's like riding Ed 209s for shits and giggles. So dumb. While everyone's trying to escape the top of the building because he figured out that, you know, Michael Keaton's involved and Gary Oldman's involved and his wife is a hostage now. And, you know, the the things you add in to spice up your movie. Um, uh. Then they they almost they, – they didn't do the directives. That's what was missing in this version. Yeah, really, the, I, I, I even noted that, like, what, like, there's no, like, serve the public trust, protect the innocent, uphold the law. None of that is in this film. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's Michael kind of, Keaton. It's kind of a play upon the three laws of robotics. Isaac yeah. Asimov's three laws of robotics. It's kind of a play yeah. upon that. Yeah. So so Michael Keaton's character has basically put the fourth directive in him that he can't kill him. Uh, he overcomes it through the power of will <laughs> again. Okay. And then the movie's basically over. Cut back to Sam Jackson explaining what happened afterwards without showing it. And. Uh, Murphy's body gets rebuilt because I guess Gary Oldman wasn't totally bad or whatever. Sequel bait. For the sequel that never happened. <laughs> like, it, because, it, I mean, it's a simple plot in the original movie, right? Like, he, yeah. he, he gets killed. He finds out that the people that killed him are kind of coincidentally working for the people that turned him into a robot. Yeah. Uh, corruption uphold the law. And they just turned it into a revenge story in the reboot. But he's so emotionless that he doesn't even say the word revenge at any point. Truth. Like, it doesn't feel like revenge. It just feels like, eh, whatever, Idle Tuesday. Well, what's worth noting is that technically it does become kind of a revenge thing at the very end of the original film. Like, he's getting revenge against Clarence Boddicker. Clarence Boddicker has no idea who the fuck he even is. Right. This is just some random guy he killed. It's like, it's like probably one of a hundred guys he's shot and killed. Right. Like it, it's to, to Murphy, it's revenge, but but for everybody else, it's like oh, it's we know who it is. It's like it 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 just it's missing that emotional core. It's missing that moral compass. Yeah. And you know? if you had an actor that could emote, maybe you would pick yeah, up true. on that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, God, this is like they were trying to make Joel Kinnaman a fucking thing, and I just don't fucking get it. <sighs> because don't. he's he tall, blonde, so and his, his nickname must be Fetch because it's never going to be a thing. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, that was good. That was. Can very we talk good. about? Good. Can we talk about the visual aesthetic of the film and how boring and bland it is? Yeah. Sure. Fourteen. Yeah, you made you made the note, Seth, last night that this is something you could probably do in your garage or in your there's, driveway. Th- there's very very many parts that look like shot for youtube red films like it is Mm. just as easy to grab it's all and there's handheld shots in the original movie actually the camera work in the original movie is fantastic yes Um, lots of dolly shots the the shot in the bathroom um where oh i need to pull up my other page uh anyway the two executives are talking to each other it cuts Uh, from dick jones and um bob bob uh yeah bob um bob morton Bob yeah, Bob Morton. They're talking to each other. It's an over-the-shoulder shot in the mirror where we're seeing Dick behind Bob. And then the camera just kind of moves to the right, and now it's all Dick just, like, <laughs> menacingly in the middle of the frame. <laughs> yeah. um, just, like, little things like that really amp up the old one. The new one's just like, hey, uh, so shaky cam and, like, 
that we're good, right? Done. All right, cool. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. And, and just like, and also like the suit. Like we have to talk about the suit. Like we we noted in our commentary that this film has like large shades of Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight. Yes. Like this is yeah. sucking his dick so hard. <laughs> I was gonna say, uh, I do you, have you guys played the um the Arkham uh Batman video game series? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, oh, Arkham Knight, the the third, the last. Oh, one. where they introduced tank combat. <laughs> um, yes, that. But also the the Arkham Knight suit is what the new RoboCop looks like to me. Yeah, it looks like it, it's very clumsy, kind of clunky. It doesn't. <laughs> it, it looks. It doesn't look visually appealing. Yeah, it doesn't look like what it should look like. Yeah, it does. You know what? You know what it is. Like the original RoboCop suit looks kind of like an American-made muscle car. Mm. You know what the the new one looks like? A, a, a foreign a mocap suit. It, it looks kind of like a a like a, a German like yeah, like a Porsche, car. a Porsche. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's but it doesn't look very visually appealing. No. Yeah, and also it's like they're they're trying to make you you get on his side as a character and ha- and like make him a a visually appealing person for the public. Why would yeah. you dress him in a suit that makes him look like a Nazi SS officer? I know, right? <laughs> like, it makes no freaking sense. It's funny. It's almost like the movie was even self-aware by the end. It's like, yeah, no, he's going to go back in the silver suit. Sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's like uh, you noted last night, Aaron, when he when they turn off all the lights in his, his stasis uh-huh. room, they, you noted the, uh, the thin blue line at the back end of the room. You noted that. And they that. do it like two or three times. Yeah. yeah. The symbolism is so heavy-handed. It's like a child made this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the SS officer to a Beetleborg. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This it's... is what the Hitler youth made out of RoboCop. Like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. Beyond, okay, so beyond the beyond the like iron lung scene, beyond the um, stop criminal scene, uh, <laughs> were there any really other redeeming aspects to you guys within the new one? Apparently, Darren Aronofsky was supposed to direct it in 2010, and that shit oh, fell that the fuck so through. Much better. Yeah, he oh, was. Man. That would have been so good, because he would have taken a really hard look at the psychological implications of all of this shit. Yeah. yeah. But I think that he dropped out because they said, we want it to be PG-13. Mm. Yeah. It's, like I've said, Sony is has become the bane of my existence. And we noted this last night in our commentary track. <laughs> This has drastic shades of the Bloodshot movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. They, like, like, well, like I said, still a better Bloodshot movie than Bloodshot. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. They, they have the template. They have action movie futurism template, and yeah. they just plug in the new characters. That's so, plug you know, and play. Yeah. To your original question, Jesse, I like that they were going to go with the idea of having his family stay around. Mm. I think that the original RoboCop yes. got off a little bit easy by having the wife just written off and... She's got a new life now with a new family. I think that trying to pursue the relationship with the wife and kid, even though it was ham-handed and it, it didn't get addressed enough, mm. it was a good attempt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. I said last night, if, you, if you're going to try to reinvent something, that's a good place to start. Keep the sure. family around. Try to build with that. And we noted the, the sexual aspect that was completely ignored <laughs> in the remake is that he doesn't have a penis anymore. Right. Have yeah. anything anymore. They really Can you go. Imagine they, all of the attachments you could put on him. True. Oh my god, that bitch probably <laughs> happy as shit. You can imagine that all you want. Uh, but <laughs> they they kind of note that in the original film when um when Lewis is kind of helping him retrain his gun sights 
in the uh, in the steel mill, mm. like, and they shoot the uh, the baby food, like that's very vi- visual metaphor of you're never gonna have kids again. The gun is a giant phallic object. Yep. She is helping him to aim his phallic object. Like it's pretty blunt, but it's something. Yeah. I was just thinking it's the whole something. time about Data's uh, scene with Tasha Yar, where he says, "I am fully functional." <laughs> I am fully functional. Somebody put money in the pot. Aaron mentioned Star Trek. <laughs> so y- y- you realize that means that, like, Data can jizz, right? Jizz Never established. In- hey, I'm I'm the jizz authority, so yes. dropping that gauntlet right now. He's I, Robocop! Robocop! Okay, what is it? Bad Dragon makes those dildos that can actually come. Robocop! I think RoboCop totally has one of those. Brandon, anything uh, you really liked about the reboot? Yeah. All right, so... (laughs) Please, God, steer us away from this, Aaron. Brandon, please get us away from this. So, I think the best thing I can say about this film, to use an old cliche, is I'm not mad at the remake. I am disappointed, because (laughs) I I feel like... Okay, Dad. I've seen far worse remakes uh obviously i've seen a handful of better ones too um but the thing is i i feel like i could tell they wanted to try new things that could have worked but the problem is i feel like it's steered too far in different directions and i i do feel like its most fatal flaw is what works so well in the original film and that's the fact that when um murphy initially becomes robocop he has no memory. He is strictly RoboCop. And it's over the course of the film that he starts to remember who he was. And basically, by the end of the film, he reaches his goal of accepting what he currently is, but still is aware of the humanity that he had. I mean, the very last moment of the original film is, what's your name? Murphy. And then, boom, cut to credits. Like, that's where, like, he's he's found his place by then. Like, he remembers who he was, but he also knows what he is. And finally, like, meets in the middle. In this one, you already start with him still being well aware of who he was. Yeah. And, like, that humanity's already there, and then they take it away, and then he get, tries to get it back. And it doesn't really it's work. Awkward. It's like this. It's very awkward. I feel like it's not really that same journey journey it's very it's more roller coaster but like the the most busted ass roller coaster ever yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. well stated the yeah, original like I, has a character arc this one this new one really doesn't mm. exactly yes. it's it just kind of goes in a circle in the remake rather than that progression like it's he starts i wouldn't say at the top but you know he, he starts with a decent enough life and then it's all taken away and he needs to try to rebuild from there rather than kind of like wobbling up and down in the remake yeah but i mean the thing is i feel like if there were more tweaks to the script to kind of kind of streamline the dramatic elements because i've said time and time again i feel like the best action films are the ones that have drama for a base and then action around it this one i feel like was trying too hard to go in that direction so when you did have the action scenes they felt fewer and further between it it really falls victim to the the origin story syndrome yeah yeah and i i feel like that's the biggest problem with it because in the original film yeah it's still sort of an origin story but it's an origin story that's propelled by the main plot while in this one it feels almost like it's two separate films that are trying to coexist Mm. so origin story with heart first off that is incredibly important in this they, they're no heart. No heart left. Right. Yeah. No, no. Literally. It's, it's kind of ironic. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, it's very ironic that you are trying to have a character start more human when he's Robocop than in uh-huh. the original, but it feels more soulless. Mm. Yeah. It's like also that- worth noting that the original Robocop is 102 minutes long. The remake is 118. Yet the, mm. yet, yeah. Like, the original yeah, feels shorter, 
be- because it's it's you know it, it I mean, even though it it's is over short, too it's, soon it, it feels like it's over too soon and then the you look at the remake and it's like it feels way too goddamn long <laughs> Because yeah, I feel I mean, like I was just introduced to Robocop and I want to know everything about him. And yeah. the other one, and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so over this g- dude. Can you just <laughs> shut up already? Yeah. Pacing is all about the pacing. I feel like the original True. hit the nail on the head and then the, the remake, it was just like it didn't really know where to go it didn't know how to streamline it and like i said i i didn't i didn't hate the film i thought i would but the problem is i just it was just mundane it was just mediocre i and i feel like truly bad remakes are more entertaining in their badness (laughs) this one was just kind of there like it's a film that came and went and and, until someone brings it up you're like oh yeah there was a remake wasn't there like it's one of those like it felt like it should have been a bigger deal than it was and it came and went do you know what bugs the shit out of me the most is the they're primed for things they can do new takes on from the original think of think of like what if they outsourced satirical commercials to like youtube yes and and <laughs> dan Harmon, since he already makes a bunch ex- of them from exactly yeah. the end of community <laughs> that whole thing um that things like that you had literally a dude gets melted and turns into a like semi-zombie for like two minutes at the end of the movie yes. you, you have <laughs> anti-tank strike force criminals blowing shit up in the streets for fun you know as they do uh <laughs> there's this whole like subplot of Clarence trying to like wrangle in more cocaine into Detroit by like yeah. flexing big dick energy in front of this random other criminal that just pops like <laughs> and by the way they put cocaine in vials yeah <laughs> okay in, in that city or or even just think about um Bob and his whole his whole thing is like this really fucked up capitalism like uh, American Psycho before American Psycho. He's doing cocaine off of models' titties. Also, those models were very like, like achievable, for lack of a better term, like very normal looking women. I just loved yeah. that that he was like, "Yo, I'm gonna go out with some models." And it was like, "Do you mean '80s women?" That's just. <laughs> Have you heard about what the direction was that Paul Verhoeven gave that? Gave no, that scene. He, he would always use he would always use the term "bitches" whenever he's referring to the women in that scene. He's like, okay, bitches, you'll go over to the table right now and you sit next you sit next to Miguel. Okay, bitches, go around him. Okay, start kissing Miguel. <laughs> I love. Is, is I, I, I wish accent? I was. I, I have no he's, idea what accent that was supposed to be. I don't think it's Dutch though. He, it's supposed to be I, Dutch. He, I can't do a Dutch accent. Okay, that, Dutch is okay, hard. I, all right. Um, <laughs> I wasn't really sure. <laughs> uh, Parash just pointed out in the chat the scene where he dips his fingers into the guy's. I think it was scotch, actually. I don't know if it was wine, but he like dips it in and like rubs it on his nose, and then the other guy immediately drinks it, and it's just like, oh, yeah. "What is this criminal underbelly? And why are you guys so cool with germs? What is happening?" Uh, it's just weird how you watch movies in a in a pandemic, isn't it? You're yeah. Like, God, no, you're all that. You're just putting your noses all over that cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> but just think that was the problem I had with that scene. Think, everyone's nose is all over the cocaine. Think about all the the modern day versions of those things. Is is the point that I'm getting to? A melted yep. man in 2014. The yes. the criminal attack squad r- roaming the streets. Like all that cool shit gets excised so that. RoboCop can feel sad more. Yeah. Uh, it, the, the the fucking 2014 film is so goddamn mopey the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so like problem. it's self pitying and self defeating the entire time. It's like it's almost like the, a sense of like self effacement the entire film. It, it never feels right. it never feels fun. 
It never yep. feels like anybody had any fun. I know that the director had a really, really horrible time. He said it was one of the worst filming experiences he's mm. ever had. Yeah. He had constant conflicts with the studio. Anytime he had a good idea, the studio would knock it down. They just yeah, said, surprised. they said, just follow the script. And they, they like, why, I hate it when studios do this. Like, why would you bring in a director that has a unique vision and is a good yeah. director? And then you just tell them to just say action. Like, get Brett Ratner. Get somebody to do whatever the fuck you tell them to do. Well, and it's funny because um, he normally directs in Portuguese. And to yeah. have an outside opinion on America at that time directing yeah. your film... Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm. I, I want to know when I get memes from like my friends in Scotland is, or is, is is Dutch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and but isn't that why the the satire stings so good? Yeah, you know, he's, mm-hmm. he's looking at how like goofy Americans were in the fucking '80s, like the yuppie movement. Their whole thing is like, well, we got a lot of crime in this neighborhood, so the prices are low. We can move in our new city plan for cheap. But now there's crime in the neighborhood. What do we do? It's just <laughs> yeah. That ah, Baltimore, so biting. <laughs> God, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm bothered. I'm bothered that they would. When I get memes from like my international friends about America right now and how they're looking at us, I'm like, damn, just, yeah, I have no defense. Can't say anything. You're yeah, exactly yeah. right. Jesus. Oh, yeah. yeah. Can we point out the the remake version of I'd buy that for a dollar? Oh yeah, the uh, when uh, Jackie Haley says uh, I wouldn't buy that for a dollar. Like mm-hmm. anytime they ever, anytime they ever reference the original, if this regards every 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 single remake, if you ever have to address the original in any particular way, it's almost like you're trying to say you're doing it better than the original. Mm. Mm-hmm. But like I remember in uh, the remake of Clash of the Titans. Um, there's a scene oh, yeah. where the little owl from the original Clash of the Titans from uh, from the, the original film shows the up. The Clockwork Owl, yeah. The Clockwork Owl and Sam Worthington, or I'm sorry, Javanish Kinnamington Bull. <laughs> uh, hold, God, there's another fucking dead-ass actor in that movie like that. Jesus Christ. We're, this is going to be a great show for the future. <laughs> uh, so he holds up the owl and he's like, what's this? Maz Mickelson walks past him, shoves it out of the way and says, leave it, it's worthless. <laughs> I'm like... Like, the original still is fucking good. Yeah, visual effects haven't held up quite so good, but it's still a goddamn amazing movie. Yeah. It's just, like, why would you intentionally reference the film that's considered a masterpiece that is the reason your film fucking exists in the first place and then say you're doing it better? (laughs) And then the reviews come out and they clearly say you're not doing it better. Right. You're insecure and you know it's bad and you hope that if you tell people that it's good enough times that people will believe it's good. Guess what, guys? That's not how that works. It's, it's like dangling <laughs> a shiny object in front of a cat. See, we right. love the original, don't you? I'd rather mm-hmm. be watching the original. T- Jesse, you and I saw the remake in theaters. Um, yeah, I saw it in theaters and I walked out very, very disappointed. Walking in, I knew it was going to be bad and I think it was the <laughs> first time I went to see a movie expect- expecting it to be bad because I knew it was PG-13. And I was like... yeah. Uh, so what, what's going to happen then? Because (laughs) the point is it's ultra violent, like for fun. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like the, the original is violent, but it it, like, it it has like a cartoonish element to it. Mm -hmm. The, the, the remake feel, it feels like realistic, which takes away the fun. That's kind of like Robocop too. They made the violence realistic, which made it not fun. Yeah. Yeah, so you need to have that sort of, like, when when that guy gets blown away in the boardroom scene in the original film, it's, like, so over the top. Like, squibs <laughs> everywhere. It's so much, it's so funny to see, like, somebody just get blown away like that. It really sets the tone so early, too. Oh, You're yeah, just like, I know. 
oh, fuck. And these guys are just business as usual after watching a guy get actually accidentally killed at work? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's nothing like that in the remake. Yeah, there's there's just no point when the world is, is self-aware. Mm. Yeah, it's like, and I, I've, I've noted that technology kind of ruins this movie. If you yep. really think about it. <laughs> like, trying to make it as high-tech as possible, it looks like a video game. Yeah. It really yeah. does. It, it looks like, I pointed out, it looks like Deus Ex. It looks like Deus Ex, or it looks like Watch Dogs, or pick a, pick a game that has a futuristic style to it. Cyberpunk. Right. It looks like that. It's hard to care because it looks like a video game. Yeah, Brandon, do you think the lack of satire in the in the remake is the the big missing piece? It's one of them. It's it's definitely one of them. I, I feel like if you're gonna, first of all, if you're already gonna keep going back and forth to this um, very boisterous conservative talk show, but not have surrounding s- satirical commercials. I I miss something here. But then again, you know, obviously there are newer films that can also try that and fail, like Death Wish. Mm. (laughs) I think we we mentioned that last night. Yeah, yeah, like they they, they tried with that, and I feel like they kind of stumbled. But with Robocop, you already had that built in from the original film. Mm -hmm. So I feel like if they tried that, and, you know, different things. It doesn't have to be, like, you know, a gun shop like like the Death Wish remake, but just anything, you know, like stupid board games and stupid cars with shitty gas mileage, you know. You know, like, the the Hummer 3000, you know, you could do something like that. that, That's a thing nowadays. Um, But, yeah, I I do think that is part of it. I, I think it's a case of, with the remake, you had too much of trying to do this thing and not enough of trying to do that other thing. Mm. It's like it's like trying to adjust all the attributes, but you're putting them in the wrong spots and you're taking away from the spots that need it more. Right, yeah. Like, yeah. that, that's, that yeah. sums up the remake, in my opinion. I, th- yep. I think if you were to do it today, um, and I think Byron is the one that's working on a, a pitch for, the, for this for Film Rescue. Oh, nice, nice. If you're going to do it today, the satirical element... And and they touched on it for like a minute, and then it just evaporates from the film. Um, police branding in like 2014, or let's say 2020, if you do it like actually today, um, it's it's basically like violent Disney. You know what I mean? <laughs> it really is. <laughs> that's that's what I would like to see. I would like to see the like. You know, they they walk out of a of a like thin blue line McDonald's or something like that, where it's like we're trying to make the police look really really friendly, and we're using a lot of robots or you know like police branded home security systems. It's like having an officer in your house. You know, just like how do we yeah. look good to the public? I think that's the the natural progression because the yeah. satire of the original is wouldn't it be wild if police could just you know do whatever they wanted with military stuff and now we're yeah. like well that's reality so it's not satire anymore like yeah. it reminds me of a little bit of um the i robot film with will smith which is oh, a yeah. terrible fucking movie but the robots in that film have human faces they look like people yeah there's a relatability to them but you look at the robots that are in the remake of robocop they look like cylons from Battlestar galactica they even have the red <laughs> eyes they don't look human enough they look so disconnected from reality it's like oh we're supposed to connect with that like it just doesn't look good. It's just, right. you know. They're ugly they, as fuck, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they have the Ed 209s in the field already. Like, that's not a, an unveiling. Which, like, you, yeah. you sure, do that, but then do the Ed 210 or something. Yeah, crank it up. 
And, and I, I even mentioned last night when we did the commentary, I said, well, if you're going to do like a subversion of the original, like jack, like jack it up one or two more, t one or two more levels, have it be like how in the original he can't climb stairs. So say that Robocop jumps into the next level of the, of the, uh, the auditorium and he's like, haha, I can't get me up here. What if he like has like spider legs that extend out and he starts climbing the walls and yeah. then he gets onto the second floor. Like that would be great. And then he just goes, oh shit. Right. Like, that would be a good subversion. Like crank it up a bit. Like, if you're going to do the original, if you must absolutely include stuff from the original, crank it up a bit and change stuff and add stuff. Make it more unique. Right. Like, you could do that stuff, but they just didn't bother. Or, like, like a fusion of the military and police. Like, in, in the future, uh, we are po the, the police go to other countries and act as our military. Like, yeah. just totally unblur the line. So it's just, yeah, no, it's, it's all a, the same which shit. Which is a Deus Ex thing. That's yeah. Deus Ex, like the world police. It, it's a right. thing that they have in that game, which is you know, what this is. It's, like, right. it's basically a day. This is like a side story of Deus Ex. Almost, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> any, any other... Things uh, we liked in the reboot, Did, uh, I, or anything I, we really hated in the reboot. I wanted to make note that that Sam Jackson in this film is clearly just shot on a soundstage and was never actually there for anything else. Oh, yeah, he was, he was there for worthless. a week or less. A week or less. Oh yeah, and also it's worth noting that he's a he's black and he has horrible hair, and he's basically on Fox News and mm -hmm. uh, he has nobody else surrounding him. I <laughs> uh, like a, just a black guy as the main news guy on Fox News. Just try to wrap that conundrum into your brain. <sighs> uh, Nick's pointing out the Tin Man song was a good musical cho choice. I agree with that. Um, oh, yeah, I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. Uh, Bra Brandon, anything break your brain watching? Uh, that's the thing. Like, I, I feel like, like I mentioned earlier, it was just more like mediocre than brain breaking. I mean, mm, I know yeah. we've seen some some doozies on the film rescue show, but with this, it's like, well this exists yeah um it's the worst it's like, kind of movie it's the worst kind it's the middle of the road everyone forgot about it the moment it came out yeah yeah which it that should not have been the case i mean what's, what's funny is one thing i thought about after seeing this just thinking about both the robocop and terminator franchises like you know at this point fuck it do a robocop versus terminator film just non-canon just do robocop versus terminator get get peter willard to at least do the voice and maybe like a facial capture or something for robocop yeah, yeah he wouldn't have and to do I would it watch that yeah he wouldn't have yeah to and then just time. get like a get it like an army of cg arnold terminators um <laughs> yes. because that I, I know i at least in the game i don't know what the comic plot line was but i know in the game it was robocop versus a series of terminators yeah <laughs> yeah, the, the the game kind of takes an idea, but the the original story of the book is that Skynet was created after Murphy got shut down and his consciousness was sort of distorted by uh, the Skynet program. And so his consciousness gave um, sentience to Skynet. And so Murphy oh. inadvertently created Skynet, which created the Terminators. <laughs> oh, wow. It's yeah. an interesting idea. It's written by Frank huh. Miller. It's got some good artwork. It's really good. <laughs> um it 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 ties together pretty well. It's pretty good. I mean, when you, when you consider that Terminator, the Terminator franchise in and of itself is pretty much just a series of different timelines at this point. Right? F fuck yeah, it. True. I yeah, mean, it, 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 it could be a one-off. Yeah, this just is totally it. a fuck it moment. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. They've been planning on trying to do another film called RoboCop Returns for years and years and years after they canceled the oh, sequel yeah. to the 2014 film. At one point, Neil Blomkamp was signed on. Ooh. Like that oh, guy yeah. has been. Hired and fired from more productions than I can think of. <laughs> Alien 5 or Alien ignoring 3 and 4, whatever the hell that project yeah, is going to be. Yeah, I guarantee like, it was going to be like Halloween 2018, where it's like, hey, we, we're ignoring what we want to ignore, mm -hmm. and then we're going to do this thing. 
Here's my thought, though. I am there's there's just been so much crap coming out of the attempt to have some sort of canon that's adhered to. Like, just if it's an interesting concept, just be like, okay, it's an AU that we're now going to be making stuff in. Like, I just I'm so over people getting obsessive about what's canon mm. and what's not canon. If it's going to yeah. be a good story, cross it over. Try it out, mirror universe, whatever. Right. People teleport into crazy places. Let's just see what happens. Tell me a good story. Right. Yeah, Fury Road the shit. Yeah. <laughs> who gives, yes, who, who gives I just a want shit? a good story. Just give me a good story. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Um, the original. Uh, do mm. you guys have any standout favorite lines, scenes, sequences? Like what? What makes you? What gets you excited when you put it on to see uh, when you're going to rewatch it? I could watch that cocaine uh, building shootout <laughs> for like an hour on a loop. <laughs> just just that whole sequence where he just kills all those guys in that factory is just so good. It's just God. That music swells and you see it just how insanely well choreographed it is. It's just it's it's like uh, it's the original is compared to being like a modern sci-fi western. Like the mm. sheriff comes into town yeah. to clean up the town. Yeah, it's it's I've I've heard it referred to as by Ed Newmeyer as uh, um, what is it referred to as uh, American vigilanteism by <laughs> way of liberalism. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> liberal justice. <laughs> oh, uh, Parash just said the precinct's reaction to seeing RoboCop the first time. The camera oh, yeah. follows them yeah. down the hall instead. That yeah. was cool. That again, mm-hmm. great yeah. camera work. Just great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you fly, Bobby and bitches leave? <laughs> I, really like, I really like I like Officer Lewis a lot. I yeah. they didn't really make a big deal out of the fact that she was a woman or anything like that, but mm. they kind of avoided most of the like damsel in distress tri- type tropes sure. or oh she's yeah. incompetent and that's the reason why you got hurt tropes, which I liked. Yeah, in the original I, script, I mean, it was I, written that. I, um, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, I, I hate to say it though, but wasn't she kind of knocked out in the first film because she got distracted? Uh, yes, by his dick. Oh, yeah. 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 All right. <laughs> <laughs> Just brush off like, uh, Fair. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Fair. Like, that's the one thing I'm like, really? Okay. For the era, it wasn't awful. Yeah. No, for the era, that was to be expected. And yeah. she, she she thought about it for a while there's, before she, like, immediately looked down. There's some 80-isms. There's some 80-isms. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. But yeah. That, that was bound to happen. Yeah. In the in the original script, it was written that Lewis takes off her helmet and, like, long flowing locks fall out from her hair, from a, yeah. fall out from her helmet. They eventually cut that. I think it was it was Paul Verhoeven that said, "Yeah, cut your hair." Yeah, because <laughs> because the entire precinct is um, uh, is neutral gendered. It's yeah, like there's men and women both in the locker room yeah. together, like naked. Oh, yeah. and like they, but they didn't quite catch it in in uh, because it blows by so quick. So that's why he did it again in Starship Troopers. Yeah, I was gonna say that's that yeah. seems like a thing he just does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, men and women are on equal ground. Yeah. I mean, but also um, in, in like those, you know, kind of Eastern or Western European countries, I guess, um, that's like a normal thing. Like bathhouses, yep. saunas, things like that. It's like, pff, it's titties. Like, who the fuck cares? Yeah, they're more sexually open. Whereas <laughs> yeah. something like, something like uh, on television over there, sex is not shown very often on television. Like actual penetration is not shown. Right. But... Like you'll see people like wake up and they're walking around naked. You'll see people going to the bathroom. But, like that's very normal. Yeah, and violence is like very very off limits. Like they yeah. don't like showing violence on TV. That's why they cut around it. But Paul Verhoeven yeah. because he likes violence in his films, he puts it in there all the time he can. Right. 
That's why a lot of his films have received like very harsh ratings overseas. Like, like, like Soldier of Orange well, was like given an X rating like right out the gate. <laughs> hell, here here in the U.S., I mean, RoboCop obviously was given an X, initially cut to an R, and then of course now you, you pretty much like the priority version every time it's been released since like Laserdisc has been the the uncut version which was rated X but now just unrated but Total Recall that one was given an X and they had to cut that um Basic Instinct is probably the the most infamous but then of course with Showgirls he's just like I don't give a shit leave it NC-17 (laughs) because no one was gonna go see it anyway so it was terrible (laughs) he knew it was terrible whoops yeah. Like, it wasn't satirical enough. That was the problem. Uh, Brandon, how about you? Standout scene sections? Things? Oh, oh worth, worth noting, the, the, the rapist scene that's in this, uh, the guy with the knife that's the rapist that gets shot in the dick, that's the same <laughs> rapist in Showgirls. Wow. <laughs> uh, interesting typecast. It's, it's, uh, it's a good it's a good tweet. That, dude. It's a good tweet. <laughs> did it did did Verhoeven have just like a certain like thought in regards to this guy? I, I guess so. <laughs> Oof. Wow. Yeah. Hey buddy. Wow. Got another job for you. <laughs> you're gonna love you're, this one. <laughs> you're not gonna make me do that thing again, are you? Like, well <laughs> This is gonna work, I'm telling you. <laughs> God. Yeah. Anyways. But anyways. Uh, Brandon, favorite scenes? I mean, I, I feel like we've already touched upon a, a ton of them. I mean, between the commercials, the uh, the drug house shootout, um, the pretty much, I, I would say the I appreciate the finale for feeling almost like like a beat 'em up side scrolling video game yeah. because you know you take out take yes. out the primary henchman uh, at the end at the factory and then make your, make your way up to the skyscraper to take out the final boss. Um, yep. It's it's very much that trope, and I appreciate how they bring up the directive. How it's like, hey, you can't shoot because he's a member of the the company, mm. and it's like, yeah. oh, well, you're fired. Yeah, <laughs> which, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> boom. Which was a last minute thing on set. They they had they were like, what? What? I think it was. I think it was um, Ronnie Cox said, "Why doesn't he just say I'm fired?" And they were like, "Yeah, let's it's do perfect. that." I love it. Like I, I love it's it's that whole thing where it's like it's this elaborate thing where it's like, "Oh, you can't get me because we did this." I thought of everything, ha ha ha, and that it's like a simple, yeah, like metaphorical flip of the switch. Like I I hate to make this comparison, but even like Under Siege Two, <laughs> not even the first one, but the the so bad it's good sequel. There's a moment with Eric Bogosian's character, who is the main villain in that film, where. You know, Seagal's like, so you're telling me there's no way I can shut this thing off? And he goes, ha, yeah, no way. And he just shoots it. And then Bogosian just says, I never thought of that. Yeah. And then falls out the window. <laughs> it's the same thing, pretty much. It's like, oh, it's this big elaborate thing. There's no way you can get around it. Oh, wait, shit. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think for me, it's the, I don't want to say unintentional comedy, but it it's the, the comedy that shines through the satire um specifically when um when they speed off in the in the cop car the first time they're leaving the precinct their first ride together they pop that ramp leaving the the yep. garage so hard that sparks actually <laughs> yeah. fly out the back of the car and i was yep. like i love it who are these yahoo cowboys what the <laughs> fuck kind of i just i love that unintentional like oh no this world is just kind of wild like jump in real quick yeah i love also, that kind of stuff like- you can only get one car in and out of that garage at a time. Yes. Yep. Like, why? <laughs> okay. I and I love when uh, they're they're leaving to go to one of the calls and she's driving and she and he like just barely gets his ass in the car before she's moving. It happens yeah. twice. It they happens each twice. do it to he each other. He does it to her and then she does it to him. 
That's amazing. Like the door, I love it. The door is open as she's like hitting twenty miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Yeah, I love that scene when they're getting coffee. Yeah, yeah. That, like you always say, like if you want to have good character development, just have one scene of the characters just dicking off and having fun. Like they're just they're just hanging out. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're just hanging out. Just and and it it gives us like a great character beat for him because again he only gets like three total scenes of like acting True. and and you know he he says that he learned how to do this gun spin for his kid and it's like oh that's endearing and then he's like nah it just looks fucking cool yeah <laughs> like she she's like no you'd like it because it looks cool and he's like yeah you're right like I just <laughs> I, yeah it's I like love this. that and I love that initial bond that they form. Mm-hmm. And they do kind of brush that off at that moment when he says that, but then, of course, when he goes back to the house as RoboCop and thinks back to when his son was watching that show, you're like, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then that's how she recognizes that there's humanity in him later, too. She's like, yeah. oh, yeah, this, like, personality thing stuck. Um, that's, yeah, and, and, and again, this is, Jesse, like you like you said, when when you add these scenes, you get these little branching veins of opportunity to make your movie feel like a, a whole idea instead of a series yeah. of scenes. People care about the characters. Right, yeah. It, yep. And it's crystallized when he goes back to his house. It's now vacant. Like, the, what? Oh, like yeah. why is this in the middle of our action movie? Well, it's there because you need to feel for this guy. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the scene that's necessary. You have to have this. Like, but it's not forced. It's not, un, it's not unneeded. It's totally necessary. Right. You have Indeed. to feel... And that music... But Can we mention the music of the... Basil yes. Paldoris's music, holy yeah. shit! It's so still good. fucking good. I have that soundtrack <laughs> on my iPod, and I love it. It's Still so good. Yeah, like the, whereas the remake, re, the remake music. Did you even notice it? <laughs> Only when they tried to bring back the theme. Right. Exactly, and that again is like the, they brought back the theme and they sort of like synthesized it, and it sounds like somebody's sl- like slamming on a keyboard. Right. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, it's so bad. What's that cat video of the cat playing the keyboard? <laughs> Neon <laughs> cat, cat. Yeah, keyboard keyboard cat. cat. That's kind of what it sounded like to me. Just god. Every yeah. time they tr- every time they reference the original, it made it worse. It made it worse. It made it seem like and and you can say this about a lot of adaptations of satirical things. It made it feel like they just liked it as it is and didn't think that they didn't catch that there's social commentary happening there yeah mm-hmm. a good comparison for this in terms of the remake is the ghostbusters remake from 2016 mm-hmm. where they do reference back to the original film but it's done in a way where they think they're doing it better in the remake mm. it, it it's kind of like the original is held as the classic i mean why would you reference back to the original if you're trying to be a complete reboot and just like throwing everything out but then you're basically referencing the original even the post credit scene they say oh have you ever heard of zool like like stop right <laughs> just stop like if I, you want to be your own thing be your own thing but at least commit to it right you know so it's <sighs> it's, it is I, I remember you were talking you were last night you were just like we were in the uh the ed 209 fight scene and you were just like i'm just dick I've, I've completely given up i'm just dicking on my yep. i'm dicking around yeah. my phone He's like he's getting just yeah. like like whipped around like he's on a mechanical bull, and I'm like, yeah. you're gonna wrestle an Ed two hundred nine to the ground. All right, fuck you, dude. Like I don't even care. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It just it, the remake just has like the biggest problem of the remake. There is zero heart. Yeah, there is nothing to relate to. There is no one to feel sorry for. Like they try to add in a family dynamic, but. All the wife does is cry 
<laughs> and all the son does is look flabbergasted in every scene because he's a terrible actor. <laughs> this oh god, they made the worst family, the absolute worst family. There's nothing to there's nothing to connect with. You're emotionally you're just kind of dead by the end. You know, it's funny we were talking about the Godzilla 2014 remake, and I feel like. Um, Kick-Ass and Scarlet Witch, whatever their real-life names are. Uh, fuck if I <laughs> remember what they are. Johnson and... Uh, Elizabeth Olsen. Elizabeth Olsen, thank you. And, uh, the, there's the no, talented Olsen sister. The, no, way, no way I'm going to remember what their names were in that movie, but they made a better family <laughs> in the one scene they had together. Yes. In that film. Yeah. The Joel Kinnaman and his weird... I think it's funny that you said Kick-Ass and Scarlet Witch rather than Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. Oh, yeah. They were yeah. That's, that's that right. One. They were in Ultron. <laughs> that's right. I totally forgot about that until yep. just now. Oh, everybody yep. did. You didn't see that coming? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'll, he'll always be Kick-Ass to me. That's yeah. that's fair. Yeah. I mean, he played that twice yeah. versus Quicksilver once. Yeah. Actually, you know what? That That's a good comparison when... You get satire, and then you don't get satire. Because I know, obviously, once again, this isn't like a film rescue thing, but I kept wondering, like, who else would have been able to direct a modern telling of RoboCop? And one name that actually popped in my head was Matthew Vaughn, because it seems like he's good at doing, like, the high level of violence, but also the dark comic satirical stuff, because I feel like you got that in Kick-Ass, in The First Kingsman. Mm -hmm. and like Tarantino. Nah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I I mean he he's good at like you know the the high violence and you know some of the the darkly comic stuff but not fully satirical. I mean Kill Bill a bit. Yeah. But his his he, stuff is too reverential rather than referential. Yes. Right. Yeah. I I, th- yeah. I think if if Quentin Tarantino were to do RoboCop, his version would not be the like Detroit cop, you know, gets killed on the on duty. I think he would do something different. I, I really think he yeah. would he would kind of yeah. like reinvent, do go somewhere else, do something else. Um, it would be based on an old TV western, right? But instead of like modern technology, it would be steampunk. Yeah. Ooh, Ste- I, you know steampunk, what? I would watch the shit out of that. Though. Steampunk robo western cop. <laughs> yeah. I I even thought that if you're gonna do, like, it, I even said before the remake came out, I said if you're gonna do this, have the original RoboCop in there. Like he's been shut down, he's in cryostasis or something, mm. and they have to bring in a new RoboCop. Like Delta City got built, they need to police the city, but the old RoboCop, you know, is like training the new one to do what he did, and so it's like a passing of the torch, a changing of the guard. That right. would give you an excuse to have the original and the new one. That way, you can yeah. sort of like pass it on. Like yeah, instead, so basically just, going. So kind of like going from Hank Pym to Scott Lang. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 It's like that gives you. They said they gave us this. Yeah. They <laughs> said they gave us this. Is this empty void of a film that everyone yeah. very quickly forgot about? <sighs> and then P- you know, Peter Weller can be old in it too. Like it totally yeah. fits. Yeah. Why not? It's. Yeah. It's it's sad how much better upgrade was a RoboCop film yep. than the RoboCop <laughs> remake was. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that, that hit a lot of the same notes. Even when I saw it, I didn't immediately think RoboCop specifically, but I did think, hey, I didn't know Paul Verhoeven was directing movies again, because <laughs> it felt very much like a late 80s, early 90s yeah. Verhoeven yeah. film. But yeah, yeah, yeah like, a lot of what Upgrade did is like, oh, this is what the RoboCop remake should have been like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it felt more like that than the RoboCop remake, which is kind of hilarious. And that movie cost, like, what, six, seven million dollars? Yeah, it, less than ten. Yep. Yeah, how much exactly. did, you know how much the uh, remake cost of RoboCop? Uh, didn't, didn't it balloon up to a hundred million? hundred twenty million dollars. That's Marvel and money, that's, dude. Mm. That's why they said, like, once it got 
that high, they're like, yeah, you ain't getting an R rating. Because apparently, uh, Jose Padilla and even fucking Jai Kinnaminton Bowl, <laughs> uh, the one thing I will say that I will give thumbs up to him for is the fact that he also wanted to be rated R. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the actors usually don't have much of a say in that. It's kind of like when apparently Louis Leterrier and Jason Statham wanted Transporter 2 to be rated R, and they even filmed it as such. And then Fox was like, no, it's going to be PG-13. <laughs> and they're like, they actually filmed it that way. And they're like, well, shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with Robocop, like, while they're in production, they want it to be R. But it's like, yeah, we can't give you an R with this budget. Like, I'm trying to think of, like, the last over $100 million R-rated film off the top of my head. Like budget Deadpool? wise, uh, no, those yeah, are Deadpool. ninety or ninety less actually. Are they? Yeah, they're cheap. I, I feel like yeah, Fox Fox was kind of stingy on those, or at least the mm. first one. I think even the second one might have been a little more than the first one, but I think they still somehow kept it below a hundred. That's, that's the case, even though they probably, made a lot. It was probably Fury Road. Like twenty fifteen, you might be it was right. Probably Fury Road. It was, that was like a hundred million dollar movie. That. Yeah, that sounds about right actually. Yeah. But that was because they had so many vehicles and there's so much CGI. And that, that makes sense why it got True. up to that budget. And, you know, it paid off. It made money. It did pay oh, off. yeah. Tons of awards, too. So it, it did, it did uh, crank up uh, Warner Brothers' prestige after the, uh, after the bullshit that was Man of Steel. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then BBS came out and it sank again. <laughs> hey, uh. there's another one where the satire got dropped entirely. <laughs> Truth. Yeah. <laughs> Satire? What's that? That's the day before Sunday. (laughs) Satire day. Jesus. Um, I think we're kind of uh, wrapping it up at this point. Anybody have any final thoughts on RoboCop? Either either version? I I mean it was it was nice to finally catch up on the the original. It had been a long time since I had actually watched it. Um, it's worth but, watching the original. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I, I can at least be glad that I can say that I have at least knocked out the remake. And for shits and giggles, I might just cruise through two and three at some point. Yes, even the third one, just yeah. for the hell of it. I like the funny thing is I feel like I'd rather try to sit through that than. Even just, like, the clips I saw of those awkward TV movies from 2001. I'm like, what even is this? Like, Robocop, like, I saw the actor without the helmet. I'm like, put the helmet back on. <laughs> yeah. It, like, even the mouth looked derpy, though, with the helmet. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, you need an actor with a really good jawline. Yeah. Yeah. Really yeah. yeah Peter Army Waller Hammer. Has that. He, yeah. <laughs> Peter Weller has that. It's like he's got very, very big cheekbones, and he has, you know, a very, very elongated jaw. Like... Jivenich I got a Doug Kinnam- Jones vibe almost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But does Jivenich Kinnamington Bull have that? <sighs> he's over six feet and he's blonde, so uh, he oh, will he's make- perfect then. He's great. Yeah, Jeez. he just looks generic AF, <laughs> and you see like his his face so often in this one compared to the original Robocop. Oh, yeah. It's just yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I think sometimes okay. they hope that, like, if the main actor is just generic enough looking, that you're just going to think it's that other guy right. from that other movie that's good. Uh, Again, yeah. th- this is why they amalgamate into one human being so well. It's just, Pretty it's, it's any of They turn into Graham. <laughs> Graham. Um, I, I learned something on our Patreon commentary. Um, what? That shit's fun as fuck, and I want to do that with, like, every film rescue movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. I really want to do like actually participate in that next time if I can get my audio working. It felt like we were workshopping jokes, and it just like everybody got hits in. Like everybody yeah. was making me laugh at different points. It was such a good time. <laughs> yeah, um, and I'll eventually pull one of those off. I just have no idea when. <laughs> um, yeah, that that's what that's what I learned this time. My track just may have some birds in the audio. That's <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um. 
how about you, Jesse? Any any final thoughts? Um, it really. I mean, RoboCop is bump is probably my absolute favorite movie. I, I saw it when I was way too young to be seeing it when I was seven years old. <laughs> Whoops. I've loved it ever since. Um, hey, I saw Total Recall in theaters when I was like four. So damn, you, you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's like if you want to hear like a little uh uh wonderful little coincidence of my life. Peter mm. Weller and Nancy Allen have the same birthday as me, June twenty fourth, and and <laughs> and also uh, Kevin Van Hook, who created Bloodshot, also has the same birthday, June twenty fourth, and Bloodshot <laughs> was inspired by RoboCop. So yes, the life is too fucking weird. <laughs> and oddly, we're recording this on the thirty third anniversary of yes. the original RoboCop. Yes, uh, two days ago <laughs> yeah. from uh, was it two days ago on July seventeenth, thirty three years ago, the original RoboCop got released in theaters to massive praise and a huge box office. Yep. Yeah, and I just happened to watch it that night. Yeah, I, I didn't even realize it when I was watching it that night. It's like, oh shit, I'm watching this on the thirty third anniversary. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that is funny. I love yeah. it. When, I love it when a plane comes together. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even plan for this. <laughs> it just happens that way sometimes. Yeah, Aaron, what about sometimes you? Sometimes things are just meant to be. Yeah, what about you, Aaron? What about what? About, what, about what? Final sentiments. Final thoughts. I uh, uh, the the old one good, new one bad. Fair enough. <laughs> That's the TLDR version. Yeah, too long, yeah. didn't read. Seth, what about you? Yeah, too, too long, didn't listen. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the emphatically, the old, if you've never seen the old one, even if you're not, like, because uh, there's a lot of people that are not into watching older films, even yeah. if you're not into older films, give this one a watch. You'll have a good time. Yeah. What's, what's great is that the visual aesthetic of that film, it doesn't feel dated. No. It, it feels no, really. like you could release that in theaters now, and everyone would be like, "Wow, this feels really, really great." When did when did they they film this last year? Yeah, okay, yeah. I'd, I'd go see this that's, at the. That's Alamo. a very retro nightclub, <laughs> but but other than that, it's yeah. yeah other feels than like that now. one thing of the of the <laughs> retro nightclub, but besides that one thing, it feels like it could happen. You could have made it now. Yep. It's it is smart that the film never like blatantly said when it took place. But yeah. what's funny is I was watching some of the extras on the Blu-ray and they and one of the TV spots of all things said in the year 1991. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> and then like apparently the novelization throughout a year like 2035 or something. I can't remember. Yeah. But it's like yeah, nothing actually in the movie though, which right. is yeah. kind of smart. So yeah. sometimes you don't want to literally date your film. It's like we make jokes about Blade Runner all throughout last year yes. because hey. T- takes place in 2019 <laughs> so but hey it, it sadly predicted when rucker howard would pass away though yeah. although speaking of blade runner <laughs> just to bring it back apparently blade runner was actually the inspiration for robocop because apparently the idea was what if the we did a film that was the opposite rather than someone hunting robots or replicants in the case of blade runner what what if it was the opposite what if it was a robot who was hunting human criminals mm. and so huh. robocop was kind of born from blade runner Wild. yeah so yeah. Yeah. I like it. There you go. Good things inspired each other in the 80s. <laughs> exactly. Let's wrap this jabroni up. Yeah. Woo. So, Woo. yeah. So, I think the consensus is see the original and fuck the remake. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Don't even bother. Pretty it's much. not even worth your time. We sometimes say, hey, watch this if you're drunk. Watch this if you want to have, like, a drunk <laughs> watch. It's not even worth that. It's, nope. it's It's really not. There's not. Seth was trying to take a shot every single time. J- uh, Jivenish Kinnamington Bull was going to smile in the movie, and he only got two shots in. Yeah, I was um, disappointed. The only circumstance why while you should watch this movie is so you can listen to our commentary track. Yeah. We we, we smashed this thing into the pavement, and it totally deserved it. <laughs> yeah. Oof. So, 
yeah, don't even bother with the remake. Just watch the original and be happy with it. Maybe RoboCop 2. I'd actually encourage people to watch RoboCop 2 and 3. If you're a masochist, go ahead. If you want, if you have to be a completionist, go right ahead. But everything else after that, don't even bother. <laughs> I think, I don't think it's still, it's not on there anymore, actually. But I think at one point, RoboCop 3 was on IMDb's bottom 100. Yeah. I'm not surprised. But, but, it, it, but is... it crawled out. It's like 4.1 out of 10 now. Like, once you start to go into the 3 range, that's when you risk landing in the bottom 100. Yeah. And it also depends on how many votes you get. Uh, but yeah, I think it used to be on <laughs> Nick, there. And Nick made a out. comment in the chat. Take a shot every time Robocop 3 is Japanophobic. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Ooh. God, it's got Japanese Ooh. samurai robots in it. It's fucking weird. Wait, <sighs> the Wolverine? <laughs> <laughs> yes. But at least that was in Japan. <laughs> at least that was in Japan, not in Detroit. God. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, Brandon, do you have anything else going on that you want to plug right now? Um, not really. I mean, n nothing I can really announce. I mean, I've already rambled in other podcasts that uh, you can hear some of my uh, retroactive commentary on the newly released Criterion Collection Blu-ray of the uh, the Bruce Lee His Greatest Hits box set, in which I did a commentary for The Big Boss. I recorded it back in 2016. Some people heard it on a previous Blu-ray release, but hey, I think more people are hearing it now that it's on the Criterion box set, so that's pretty awesome. But I am working on other stuff. Unfortunately, I think it's stuff that I currently cannot announce publicly, um, at least not yet. Hopefully in the next month or so, we'll, we'll see what uh, the company in question says does what have you but uh, as usual if you want to see me ramble on twitter it's at old pangyao that's o-l-d-p-a-n-g-y-a-u uh, if you want to see my photography and sometimes film work on instagram that is at b2 pictures that's the letter b the number two and the word pictures all right good aaron what about you Hi, I am Erin. In addition to the Film Rescue Show, you can also hear me on the Palette Cleanser podcast where we talk about movies that do not suck. Um, or you can hear me on The Gavel, which is our D20 roleplay podcast. Um, and I have my own Sims 4 channel. My, you, uh, my, oh my gosh, where did my brain go? <laughs> my usernames are Aaron Moriarty YT on most services, uh, including on Linktree. Uh, you can go to Linktree slash Aaron Moriarty, and that's where all my stuff is. All right. Good. And Seth? Got a question for you. Uh, yes, I might have an answer. Would you buy access to our backlog for a dollar? Of course I would. What do we have on our backlog? <laughs> that was a RoboCop <laughs> reference. Um, Did you get it? <laughs> so if you would buy it for a dollar, you can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash Media, where you get early access, extended episodes, uncut episodes, uh, unreleased episodes of all of our different uh, podcasts, um, including this show, Split the Difference, as well as The Gavel, uh, Palette Cleanser, Film Rescue Show, that weird ass game. I feel like I'm forgetting mm. one. Uh, we also have our commentary tracks are starting to go up. Yes, we yes, we will have a RoboCop 2014 commentary track, and also I just recorded a commentary track for Bloodshot because watching the 2014 RoboCop made me think, "Wow, I really have some more shit I need to get out of my system about <laughs> Bloodshot." Oh, I'm excited. I, to... I, I kept it civil. I kept it civil. I didn't <laughs> smash anybody into the ground. I think my com my comments are very even keeled. Yes. Um, <laughs> it but... wasn't one a.m. drinking Jesse. No, it was it Ooh. was me at ten thirty drinking just coffee, and it was right. very civil. It was I kept it simple. Well, there we but go. But it was it's just me on that episode. Uh, you can watch that in tandem with Bloodshot, available now on Vudu because COVID knocked it out of theaters. Whoops. 
Um, but hey, it's going to China now. Uh, <laughs> if China ever gets out of lockdown, right? Yeah. Well, they're they're playing that and Doolittle for some reason. So uh, <laughs> yeah, those make those will make another million bucks in all of China probably. Sure, <laughs> I, likely. Um, yeah. yeah. So so that's that's the uh, the Patreon. Go check it out. You can buy it for a dollar. Mm-hmm. I'd buy that for a dollar. I would not buy their See, remake the remake for a dollar, though. <laughs> no, no, I bought it for four. The, the more I hear that, the more I just want to go back and play Smash TV as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, they have a RoboCop reference in Smash TV, don't they? Oh, yeah. That's oh, yeah, right. a lot of RoboCop and Running Man. That's that a- game's great. Oh, I love that. I, I would love to see a Smash TV movie because it's, like, just the goofiest <laughs> you, shit. You got you to gotta straddle the line without it becoming a, a Running Man ripoff, though. Oh, true. It, it can be done, but you have to be really careful. I was actually thinking about that. Because, like, if you combine the best elements of both Running Man and Robocop, you would get Smash TV. That's true. How did That's Running true. Man not get remade? Uh, they were talking about it for a while, but I think... Well, now that you said it! Questions for a different show. <laughs> you put it out well, in the universe! <laughs> I'll, here's a little uh, divergence at the end of the episode. Uh, have you read the book, The Running Man? No. It's very graphic and very depressing, and at the end of the <laughs> book, he flies an airplane into a building. Welp. That ain't gonna get made. Nine <laughs> eleven. Yeah, true. So yeah, that's never gonna get made again. <laughs> well, not not that incarnation, but no. but Seth, r- r- real us this. Do you know who wrote the the Running Man novel? Stephen King, right? No, no, dude. It was, it was Richard Bachman. It's totally a different person. <laughs> I remember when I first heard that. I was I forgot how old I was. I think I was like in middle school because we saw Running Man on TV, and then it said based on the novel by Richard Bachman. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't know this is based on a book. And then I did some research and found a cover. Mm-hmm. And this is like when I first got the internet too, and it said Stephen King, The Running Man. I just sat there as like a 13 year old going, what? <laughs> and so that's when I realized it said in like fine print. As written as Richard Bachman. Yeah. And it's like, when I was a kid, I had no idea what the hell that meant, like aliases and such. But yeah, that's like one of the worst kept secrets. Like, why even write something as Richard Bachman at this point? It's like yeah. if a director knowingly used Alan Smithy for half mm. his projects, but you knew who it was. <laughs> the idea It's kind of the same thing. The idea was that he, all of his books under his name fall into the same universe. The Richard Bachman stuff was set to be in its own universe as one-off books. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So it wasn't like he was pulling it out Smithy like he was ashamed. No, he was like, oh, no it, was, it, was, it was a chance for him to try something different, try something new, because the, the way oh, he wrote The Running Man is very different from like everything else he ever wrote. So, I mean, that being said, if you do try to remake it, it could be one of those things where you do like a hodgepodge take, you know, stuff from the column A of the book and column B of the movie yeah. and, you know, see what happens. But that being said... I don't know if I really want to remake unless you are like really, really, really careful with it. Yeah. Like I, I feel like you know what? Once again, fuck it. Just do a Smash TV movie instead. Yeah. The movie is actually pretty accurate for the first half, and then it kind of diverges halfway through. It, it's it's it's, sounds, it's got some good right. ideas in it, but it's it's just kind of a joke most of the time. <laughs> Sounds yeah. about right. Now, actually, I um, there there's a sale on Vudu um, a few weeks back. They actually had a uh, a 4K version of the original Running Man on Vudu. It's not even on disc yet. Uh, actually, looks really good, like pin sharp. So I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Lionsgate tries to put that on 4K, like physical 4K, mm. at some point. It actually, looks really good. Maybe Arrow will do a release one day. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, maybe. I mean, like the the whole licensing of catalog titles with those companies is still kind of in its infancy because yeah. I think a lot of them are still testing the waters. I know Arrow's kind of gone in a little more because we're getting Flash Gordon, Pitch Black, mm. Cinema Paradiso, and then Shout and Kino Lorber, and some of them were like, "Well, we'll see what happens." And then Criterion is in the corner, like, "No, we're gonna stick with Blu-rays. We're we're good." Yeah, 
if you that's why it's like Criterion's releasing a special edition of Parasite when Universal just released a 4K version with no extras so it's like well what do I want better picture quality or better extras <sighs> yeah exactly somebody will do a fan edit and just put them all together one day why not well I mean custom 4Ks right now are exactly easy to pull off uh, so. somebody will figure it out someday <laughs> yeah <laughs> But if you must buy this, if you must buy the original RoboCop, I, I recommend the Arrow edition because it, it, it oh, is basically the original Blu-ray. Although there is a a video glitch that occurs when the hubcap flies past the camera in the chase scene at the uh, end of the movie. Mm. That, All right, I'm fi- I'm finally gonna clarify this because I know you've brought this up a yeah. few times, and I since I watched it the other night. This is what it is. It, it wasn't a glitch. It wasn't like there was a, a pressing error or anything like that. What that was, and actually, the funny thing is, I, I popped in uh, the second disc with the, the TV edit just for shits and giggles to see like what it looked like on there. I honestly think that came down to the original negative when they were filming, that the way that the hubcap went flying past the camera and the way that the sun was hitting or the direction the sun was, because I could just see it on the buildings, mm-hmm. when the hubcap flew past, I think it hit the sunlight going through or like near the camera gate so when that went past it actually caused a, a burst of the um, exposure and oh. in some cases in the past they did correct it in the lab however going back to the original negatives for the 4k restoration i don't know if verhoven just went eh fuck it leave it in there i kind of like that or they just overlooked it but yeah you know it's kind of like it fades in and out for like five or six frames but yeah that's the way that look was kind of common when light gets into the camera gate, and I think that's what happened. The, the hubcap flew fast, it hit the sunlight, and then, like, flashed through. Because it fades back out, like, right after it passes. Yeah. So, that's my theory. I actually did some research. I couldn't really find too much online. But watching the TV version, I did notice that even in that moment that the color was stabilized, but it did still kind of flicker a bit. So, I think that's something that they've tried to correct in past ones, and this one, Verhoeven's like, eh, fuck it, I like it. Because apparently he approved the 4K restoration ah. back in 2013 that's been used on all the Blu-ray sense. So I guess that's on him. I don't know. But the, I think that that's just my theory as to why that turned out the way it did. Huh, fair enough. Yeah, but if you have to get mystery, mystery semi-soft. <laughs> yeah, very true. But if you if you if you do get it, get the Arrow edition because it has a ton of extras on it. There's all kinds of new interviews, new comp there's new commentary tracks. Um, you know, there's there's all kinds of stuff that you can find uh, on that Blu-ray. Yeah, and it comes with oh, yeah, the original edition the and also the extended edition. Hmm. So, yeah, so that's all I have, guys. So I think that's it. Yeah, uh, thanks for jumping on, guys. I'm sorry you had to watch one, you know, one really terrible movie, but uh, we made up for it with a really good movie. So, <laughs> which we don't normally do. Usually, it's just the bad one. I, w- we hit the whole spectrum now. Film rescues yeah. bad <laughs> movies. Then this is both, and then the palate cleansers good movies. So now it's even. Yeah, there you it go. Perfectly balanced, as all things should be. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Thanos. Yeah. Someday we'll do a, a, a version of this where we have uh, both good movies. Let's just talk about both that are really good. Somebody will do uh, an episode of that. There's plenty of those that exist. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. So, uh, Aaron, Seth. Brandon, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm not sure what we're going to do next time. I think we should probably jump into a horror film. I think we need to get away from action for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Maybe Psycho. That'd be a fun one to talk about because they're basically the same movie. <laughs> I've never seen the Gus Van Sant version, so. It's bad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, eventually we'll do a good one and a good one. But I think we need to go into uh, a good one and a not so good one because Josh Dysart says he will die on a hill to defend the remake. Wow. Perfect. <laughs> he will die to defend that remake. And if that's the hill you want to die on, bro, you, you go on and you climb that hill. <laughs> so. All right, guys. Thank you very much. I appreciate uh, you taking time out of your Sundays for this. Definitely. Thank you. 
Thanks. All right. Thank you, everybody, and good night. Thank you.